And I wanna show you something in 2 Samuel chapter 21 that you may never have seen before. I wanna read these scriptures to you. Let me, how many of you love to learn the scriptures? I wanna show you something that probably your pastor growing up, your pastor in a previous season never taught you because it's very uncommon for this to be taught. Um, but there's a profound revelation for this next season for your life. 2 Samuel chapter 21 says, there was another war between the Philistines and Israel. And David and his men went and they fought the Philistines. During one of the battles, David grew tired. So let's go back to verse 15. Everybody say, there's another war. There's always gonna be another war. Tell your neighbor, there's another war. Come on, tell the person on the other side of you, there's another war. If you think in your mind that there's gonna come a time where you wake up in the morning and there's no, nothing wrong with your life. You wake up next to your boo kitty. Oh, praise God. We're so in love. Everything's perfect. And then your, your children go, mommy, I cooked you breakfast. And I started a side hustle and paid all of our NIPSCO bill, our, our electric, and it, it's, it's all done. And then you're, you know, if you think you're going to wake up one day and everything's going to be good, that's never going to happen. As a matter of fact, if you do wake up and everything's perfect, it's because you died in your sleep. <laughs> and, you're, and you're saved. Because there is no perfection on this side, there's always going to be something. Money can't fix it all. Relationship can't fix it all. Geography can't fix it all. There's always going to be another war. Somebody, do you know what I'm talking about? But here's the thing. David killed Goliath. Y'all know this story. But it says there was another war now against the same uh, army, the Philistines. And David and his men, they fought. But it says during one of the battles, David grew tired. I know some of you are tired. I know some of you are saying, I, I thought that I made progress with my children, but it looks as if my children are backsliding. There's another war. I, I felt like I won once, but now I feel like I'm losing. I'm fighting that same battle. My husband was on the right path. He was inspired. He listened to that sermon. He even said he kind of likes Pastor Mike. <laughs> That's the thing that women always tell me. Yeah, my husband said he kind of likes you. It's, it's never he actually likes you because if he says that, then he'll have to go to church every week. I know you. It's always like, yeah, I kind of like him. I can tolerate him. I'm like, come on, fool. You know what you're saying. You know, you know you like me. Let's go. But then all of a sudden, the husband starts regressing. And it's like, there's another war. There's another war. There's another war. What do you do? And David grew tired. But see, there was this giant named Ashbibanob. <laughs> I'm hoping none of the Hebrew scholars call me out on this one. Let's try it again. There is a giant named Ashbibanob. This is why your previous pastor never preached this, because Goliath is easier to say than Ishbibanab. What a bad name for a giant. And it says that he was carrying a bronze spear that weighed about seven and a half pounds, and he, and he was wearing a new sword, thought, and he thought he could kill David. I want you to focus on that text. It says a new sword. If you fight with an old strategy, an enemy, an old enemy with a new sword, you're going to be taken out. Let me just tell you, sometimes the greatest deterrent to your future success is your past success. Oh, y'all, 
okay, well, let me use my wife. I was able, when I had luscious brown curly locks of hair, <laughs> when, I had, when I was in the prime of life, I did some things that won my wife over. I was victorious. I, she didn't want nothing to do with me, and then I got her email, and then I graduated from email to phone, phone to a coffee date, made her spit her drink out of her mouth laughing so hard, and then boom, she married me a year later. <laughs> Take notes, single people. But here's the thing, that what I did in that season and who I was if I just kept doing the same things, there's gonna come a moment where my wife says, actually, you started as a great husband, but what made you a great husband at 23 can make you a terrible, immature husband at 33 and can make you divorced by 43. And so what happens is the, great, the greatest deterrent to future success is past success. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Come on now, ain't nobody feeling that? <laughs> Let me just tell you, I love those old songs. But sometimes when you're on a worship team, you gotta learn a new song because something new is happening in the earth and God wants to speak a new word and a new declaration and a prophetic declaration. And so we love the old song. Come on, we went up into Brownsville where the historic legendary revivals happened and we say, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. And we did those songs in Brownsville, which was really surreal. I almost called Julie Tammy. I said, come on, Tammy. Sing it, Tammy. I mean, Julie. Why do I say that? Because sometimes the Lord wants to take you into a new song, a new declaration, a new prophetic word. But see, the biggest deterrent to being successful in worship is just saying, well, that one song caused revival, so I'm gonna keep singing that song. But the more you repeat it, it's you're showing that you put your trust in that song, not in the one you're singing it to. And so what happens is David was repeating, repeating, repeating. He was like, well, I killed Goliath, so surely I'm going to kill this, this next giant. But Eshbibinab. But, verse 17, I want to show you this. But Abishai came to David's help, attacked the giant, and killed him. So here's the thing. David was going to die. But then you had another one. Abishai came along and said, I got this for you, David. I'll go ahead and get it done. Then David's men came to David and made him promise that he would not go back out to battle because they said, we don't want to lose you. Verse 18, it says, after this, everybody say after this, there was another battle and there was another giant and then some, somebody else killed him. Then verse 19, there was another battle with the Philistines at Gob and then all of a sudden, they killed them. Then verse 20, there was another battle. Somebody say, there's another battle. Come on. Do you see how it happens? There was a giant who loved to fight. This last giant, it said he loved to fight. There are some people in your life that love to fight. And if you fight somebody who loves to fight, you always lose. There's people who love to fight me in the comments on my social media posts. They don't even want to be right. They just love the fight. 
There's people who are addicted to drama because they were raised in traumatic environments where people were always screaming and then they wrap theology around and say that God called me out to be a heresy hunter. God called me out to tell people there are false teachers. No, you're addicted to conflict because you were raised in environments of conflict and you need the drama because you don't even know what it would be like to experience peace. This giant, this fourth and final giant, the Bible says that he loved to fight. See, here's the thing. I, there's such a profound revelation. If David, even if he survived the first giant after Goliath, then the second giant, then the third giant, what would happen is eventually he would have got to this fourth one who just loves to fight. And no matter what, David was going to die. I have a prophetic word for you. If you keep fighting this fight, just because God gave you a victory once doesn't mean that there's a grace for you to have a victory again. It's going to take you out. Just because you convinced your husband once doesn't mean there's grace for you to keep harping on your husband. You might harden his heart. Just because you got your child once to go to V1 Youth, once to believe in God, there might not be a grace for you to do it again. You need an Abishai. This is such a prophetic word. I feel it in the room. You need an Abishai. You need somebody to fight this battle for you. And the Lord dealt with me on this so much. It says, there were four descendants of the giants of Gath and they were killed by David and his men. Here's the thing, I'm closing right now, I'm closing. Here's the thing. This is going to be probably one of the hardest sermons that I've preached because what I want to say is God's going to use you. God's got it inside of you. You, 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 you. But here's the thing. God gave you that victory, but there's another form of victory. It's your destiny is locked up inside of someone else now. Your victory is in someone else. Your freedom is in somebody else now. And here's the thing. I know people have hurt you. I know churches have hurt you. I know that the thought of joining a new circle of friends is scary, but I'm telling you, you need an Abishai because what's going to happen in this next season? I'm I'm so thankful for Randall and Mary Duprevaugh. How many of you love Randall and Mary? They're stepping up to lead the young adults of our church. And maybe you have an adult kid and you've tried to tell your young adult kid about the things of God, but they stop listening to you. But then all of a sudden, here comes your Abishai. Here comes Randall. And he says, listen, the Lord loves you. He needs you to hear this. And as Randall's delivering the word, Randall kills the giant that would have killed you. Randall takes out the thing you couldn't do for yourself. Maybe it's, come on, maybe it's Will and our mighty men of valor. And you've been talking to your husband and your husband husband won't listen but all of a sudden we raise up as men and we say just come out to the connect group and hang with us we're gonna have barbecue because we know how to kill giants with barbecue around here and then all of a sudden you couldn't say it to your husband and then will puts his hand over your husband after we get done shooting some guns on Long Island <laughs> you know men we like to do this stuff at V1 there's a whole nother world around here and takes him say hey listen I know you're hurting I know that you feel like you're so inadequate for your family, but I believe in you and I'm with you. And all of a sudden, Will becomes that Abishai that kills that giant that you couldn't kill. It's deeper. Do you guys feel this in your spirit? Your next victory, I know this is the hardest message I've even preached in a long time, but your next victory is not coming through you. It's coming through Christ through someone else now.
I feel it in my spirit. Would you stand to your feet? Because what happens is we say, I want to be a deliverance worker. I want to be in full-time ministry. I want to be powerful. The problem is, even when you become the most powerful person, a prophet in his hometown is without honor. And so if I'm only teaching you how to be powerful, but not access the power of God through other people, you're going to end up dead on the battlefield, David. Oh, this word is deep. Your destiny is locked up inside of somebody else now. If you go to the back in Indiana, on Long Island and in Brooklyn, we have poster boards with Dream Team. And in the Dream Team, you'll see them on your way to the bathroom. I want you guys to go back there and you're gonna see the names of Abishai's. People on the Dream Teams who every week say, I'm gonna serve, but then you're gonna see blanks and that blank is where your name goes. I know that sounds crazy, but I believe that as you come alongside of other people in the Dream Team, when you put your name in those blanks and say, I'm gonna serve this house, I'm gonna get surrounded. I'll never forget this story. When I was in Israel, I had a guy that was with me. His son had just committed suicide. And he said, Mike, it was, this has been one of the hardest seasons in my life. And I said, what got you through? I, I bet as soon as you found out that your son committed suicide, you couldn't wait to talk to Pastor Dwayne, your pastor. He said, no, 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 I love Pastor Dwayne. He is my pastor. I, I love his teachings. I receive from him. He's my spiritual father. He said, but really, I couldn't wait to get to, to get to my other ushers because he was on a team of ushers. And he said, he goes, every Sunday before service starts, us men on the ushering team, we get together, we put our arms over each other, we lock arms and we pray for each other. We pray for our marriages. And as the ushers of our church, we cover each other. And he said, as soon as I found out my son killed myself, I didn't want a pastoral counseling session. I wanted to run to the circle of ushers. And I wanted to feel the arms of my brothers around me. And I needed their prayers. Well, you know what he was telling me? I wanted, I need Abishai to kill this one for me. Abishai's got this one. It's too big for me. I can't do it. And there's this scary thing that's happening. This scary thing. People, oh, can't do, I, I gotta say it. There's a spiritual whoredom that's been moving through the earth. And people want the feeling of worship without covenanting to the house that the worship's flowing from. They want to learn the Bible without submitting to the pastor that's teaching the Bible to them. There's a spiritual whoredom where we want it. And you know why I say whoredom? Because when you fornicate, what you're saying is, I want the feeling of intimacy through sex without marriage. And so people say, I don't, there's only two covenants in the Bible. It's the covenant of the local church and the covenant of marriage. And both covenants were created by God. God created marriage and God created church. And so there's this thing sweeping through the earth. Even people watching online, they're, they're saying, I want to receive the feeling and the teaching and the instruction of a church without covenant to the church. But see what happens. I want to read this to you. John chapter 19, verse 34, it says, but one of the soldiers, when they saw that Jesus was dead, they pierced his side with the spear and at once came out blood and water. I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, what's blood and water mean? I know I've heard many sermons and they sounded good, but what's theologically correct? And all of a sudden, as I begin to dig deeper, because blood and water poured out of the side of Jesus, I went to Genesis chapter 16, verse 17 where God destroyed all unrighteousness with water. 
Then I went over to Exodus chapter 14, verse 1 through 15, that talks about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. See, they were saved, but they weren't delivered. See, they came out of Egypt and now they were no longer slaves, but then they were being chased down by the armies of Egypt. And it was the water that came down upon them. They say, now you're delivered. See, sometimes you can be saved, but not delivered. You can be saved, but your mind is tormented. But you've got Egyptians following you at your back. And see, what the Lord told me is the blood that came out of Jesus represented forgiveness and salvation, but the water represented deliverance. It's both. It's both. But here's the thing. Jesus did it for you. Jesus did it for you. You didn't save yourself. You didn't deliver yourself. Jesus did it for you. And so in order to be saved, thank you, Holy Ghost. In order to even be saved, you have to say, I can't do this for myself. Someone else has to do it. And it's Jesus. The next level is Jesus through somebody here in this church. I can't do it for myself. My kid won't listen to me. My spouse won't listen to me. I can't do it for myself. This addiction, I can't break it. Guess what? You're going to go to Frank O'Neill's class on Monday night, and it's going to be Jesus through Frank that sets you free this time. You tried to get free from addiction on your own, but now it's Jesus through. The blood and the water is going to flow. This is how I saw it in the spirit realm. The Lord showed me, he said, coming in the fall at V1 Church, I saw the spear go into Jesus' side, and he said, the blood blood and water is going to flow. You're going to see people get saved like never before and delivered like never before. Blood and water is going to flow all across America. It's going to flow in Brooklyn. It's going to flow here in Long Island. It's going to flow for your family. That may, But here's what, how it's going to happen. Abishai is going to do it. God can't give you beauty until you let go of the ashes now. Do this with your hands. Just all every campus, just open your hands like this in a posture of receiving. You, you were, I feel that there was such a prophetic utterance on this. The Lord says, you've been so faithful. You've been so faithful. I've seen your faithfulness. Yes, you did kill the giant, but there's another fight. And this time, if you'll let go, if you'll let go. I know you put your whole identity in being a warrior. I know you put your whole identity in being a giant killer, but I've got an Abishai, I've got a team that I wanna release into your life. I wanna read this scripture over you while your hands are in this posture. Verse 22 says, these four were descendants of giants and they were killed by David and his men. The Lord told me to tell you, I never saw this before my whole life. It doesn't say, and they were killed by the men of Israel. It says they were killed by David. David got the credit, even though he never killed any of the giants. So the Lord says, if you'll release it in this next season, come into the family. Your connect group, that's your Abishai. Your dream team, that's your group of Abishai. Those are the men and women. You come into these, you come deeper into V1. You come deeper in this church and other people are going to win the victories, Christ through them that you could never win on your own. That's how the Lord told it. Your destiny is locked up inside of somebody else now. Your next level is inside of somebody else. You do what God called you to do and let him do what he is calling them to do through you. So right now in this place, let me just pray over every single one of you. Father, as we prepare to come into this fall, as we prepare to step into this next season, 
I pray that we release ashes and receive beauty. That we let go of the sling. That sling got us through a really tough battle. That sling killed a giant. But as we come into this next season, Abishai is going to kill it for us. Somebody else is stepping in now. God, you're bringing us into the safety of teams, into the safety of coming together. And Father, I thank you that free women are about to rise up around the world. I prophesy that mighty men of valor are about to rise up around the world. I prophesy right now, yes, that addiction recovery groups are about to rise up that women's group come on somebody that the young adults are getting ready to rise up that the youth are rising up father we thank you in Jesus name amen come on let's sing this out come on one more time